Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey guys, today is Tuesday, May 24th, and I'm going to start right in with uh, a Christopher Rufo article that just came out. Just when you think you've heard the worst, there's something more. I don't know about you, but that's the way I feel. It's like, oh my gosh, they keep taking it to the next level. And I don't mean good. I mean, more sensational and more inappropriate for our children. So here we go. This is article is titled Banging Beyond Binaries. That's a perfect description. The school district of Philadelphia encouraged teachers to attend a conference on kink, BDSM, trans sex, and masturbation sleeves. Last year, the school district of Philadelphia encouraged teachers to attend a conference on kink, BDSM, transsex, and banging beyond binaries. In early July 2021, the district's Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion sent invitations to the Philadelphia Trans Wellness Conference to teachers and staff on the SDP Connect mailing list promoting the conference as a way to learn more about the issues facing the trans community, unquote. Okay, I'm going to break in here. A few days ago, I was speaking with someone uh, locally in Oregon about our organization, about parents' rights in education. And he made a comment stating, well, you know, you guys, you've been really focused on the trans issue, And I didn't challenge him on that necessarily. We were having a, you know, a um, more high level discussion about issues and, and how to work together, et cetera. But I thought to myself, and why is that? Well, here it is, guys. This is why. Because everything seems to land on that subject the trans community, issues facing the trans community. And honestly, I'm becoming very short. My temper is short when it comes to this subject because it is dangerous. They are grooming our children to join the trans community. 
I continue. The conference was organized by the Mazzoni Center, an LGBTQ activist organization that has worked with the District of Sexual Education Programs. Okay, these are programs for public school. When reached for comment, the school district of Philadelphia described its promotion of the conference as part of its commitment to, quote, creating equitable and inclusive environments, unquote. And it said it did, quote, not have any information, unquote, on the number of teachers who attended the event. The Mazzoni Center did not return request for comment. So Christopher made an attempt to uh, find out how many of the teachers in, uh, in the school district actually did attend. Christopher goes on, I have obtained videos from a publicly accessible website that shows that the conference went far beyond the school district's euphemism about issues facing the trans community. The event included sessions on topics such as the adolescent pathway, preparing young people for gender-affirming care, bigger dick energy, life after masculinizing gender reassignment surgery, prosthetics for sex, the ins and outs of masturbation, sleeves, and trans sex, banging beyond boundaries. The conference attendees included educators, activists, adults, and adolescents. There were graphic sessions on prosthetic penises, masturbation toys, and artificial ejaculation devices, which some hosts explicitly promoted to minors. As one session host explained, quote, there's no age limit because I feel like everybody should be able to access certain information, unquote. Have you noticed they have created an entirely new vocabulary surrounding this subject? The conference began with presentations promoting puberty blockers, hormone treatments, breast removals, and genital surgeries in one session. The Adolescent Pathway Preparing Young People for Gender-Affirming Care. Dr. Scott Mosser, the principal at the Gender Confirmation Center in San Francisco, explained that he has performed, quote, over 2,000 top surgeries, unquote, which involve removing girls' breasts and that there is no age limit for beginning the, quote, gender journey, unquote. Quote, I do not have a minimum age of any sort in my practice, he said, explaining that he would be willing to consult with children as young as 10 years old with parental consent. In another session, open to the children, quote, gender-affirming masculine and feminizing hormones for adolescent and adults, unquote, Dane Menken, Divisional Director of LGBTQ Services at Mainline Health, endorsed treatments ranging from puberty-blocking hormones to manual breast-binding for, quote, masculinizing adolescent girls. Quote, I'm a strong proponent that you can bind for as many hours a day as you can tolerate binding, unquote. I need oxygen. Other presentations at the Trans Wellness Conference involved explicit sexual themes. 
two female-to-male trans activists, Kofi Opham, a graduate student at the University of Iowa, and Sammy Brussels, a medical illustrator, hosted a presentation called, quote, Bigger Dick Energy, unquote, in which they explained the process of phalloplasty and using an artificial penis for, quote, navigating, cruising, and anonymous, casual sex life, unquote. Chase Ross, a transgender activist and YouTuber, hosted a series of sessions on packers, masturbation sleeves, and prosthetics for sex, demonstrating various devices from his collection of more than 500 genital prosthetics. Quote, I have tried and touched many dicks, right? Prosthetics, real dicks, and all dicks. This is one of the most realistic feeling in terms of like the inside of a penis, he said during one demonstration. It's a big boy. This is like gigantic. All right, give me two hours alone and I'll get this into my butt, he said during another. These are people that are influencing our comprehensive sexuality teaching in public schools today. The most extreme presentation at the three-day conference was, quote, transsex, banging beyond binaries. Jamie Joy, a self-described kinky, polyamorous, pretty big slut, and Lucy Fielding, a self-described white, queer, kinky, polyamorous, visibly able-bodied, Jewish, witchy, non-binary, trans femme, led the session. The women led a presentation on politically correct anatomical language, including terms such as front hole and back hole, and shared personal information about organizing orgies for participants to explore their fantasies and their perversions in groups. The instructors then discussed various kink activities, including fetishes about puppies, Mary Poppins, and spanking. Quote, I haven't gotten to explore a lot of my mommy kink, and I think for tonight I'm really wanting to feel cared for but also get punished a little bit, unquote, said Joy. It is important to remember that this conference is not a fringe activity. Can I say that again? This conference is not a fringe activity. The Mazzoni Center, which organized it, received more than $5 million in government contracts last year just last year, and runs sexuality programs in schools throughout the region. The school district of Philadelphia has partnered with the Center on Sexual Health Research and Student Sexual Education Programs, and the district's director of teacher leadership, Amy Suma, sits on Mazzoni's board of directors. Despite the school district's euphemisms about wellness and self-esteem. The conference materials reveal 
sexual ideology steeped in radical queer theory. Not common sense sex education. Parents and taxpayers should ask why the district's Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion encouraged teachers to participate in such programming. Thank you, Christopher Rufo, for this. I don't enjoy sharing these kinds of articles. It's hard to believe educators in our public school system are attending these kinds of presentations, that they are using this vocabulary, that they think that it is part of the equity, diversity, and inclusion programs in our schools. And by the way, the fact that they use that term, diversity, equity, inclusion, in relation to this is very revealing. Okay, so what we're saying is that equity, diversity, and inclusion is not about critical race theory. It's about much more. I encourage you to pick up Abigail Schreier's book, Irreversible Damage. I talked about it in some past uh, podcasts, and the premise of that book is that young girls are more prone to gender change than guys. They are choosing to literally become men. If you caught the statement by the doctor from San Francisco about how young they will begin to transition these girls, age 10. It's chilling. In fact, in 2018, California passed a law allowing 12-year-olds to get tax-paid transgender treatment. I'm looking at an article here that was written (laughs) September 24th of 2018. You have to be 16 to obtain a driver's license in California, 18 to buy a rifle, engage in consensual sex, or get married without parental consent, and 21 to buy a handgun, alcohol, or marijuana. But in the nation's most progressive state, you only need, well, I take exception to that, excuse me. (laughs) I don't think they're the most progressive. I think Oregon is the most progressive, actually. Maybe we're neck and neck. But you only have to be 12 years old to privately seek and consent to treatment for gender transitioning. 12 in the state of California. That means that all taxpaying Californians will help pay for all of the various services included in these transition cases, regardless of your opinion of the matter. The law's authors seem to mean well. The bill also states, it is the policy of the state that all minors and non-minors in foster care shall have the following rights to live safe, healthy, and comfortable home where he or she is treated with respect to be free from physical, sexual, emotional, or other abuse or corporal punishment. Now, these provisions within the law and many of the others that follow them are laudable at the first glance. Who would oppose kids living in safe homes and being free of, of abuse? But meaning well often differs from doing well. The difference can be found in the sub-provisions that enunciate the methods for the well-meaning provisions. One of them says, for example... The right of minors and non-minors in foster care to health care and mental health care described in paragraph 4 of subdivision A of section 16,001.9 includes covered gender-affirming health care. 
and gender-affirming mental health care. This right is subject to existing laws governing consent to health care for minors and non-minors and does not limit, add, or otherwise affect applicable laws governing... Okay, I just can't read anymore, but I'm telling you this. The government has gone wild when it comes to this issue. And they are not protecting health. They are promoting radical decision-making by minor children in regards to their future. Transgender medical treatment is permanent. Is it completely reversible? Absolutely not. Is it partially reversible? I suppose you could say so. For example, if a child is given, a, a female child is given cross-sex hormones, her voice will forever thereafter be lowered because there is physical change in their larynx with their vocal cords. It affects the way they speak and will do so forever, even if they decide to stop the treatments. That's just one thing. A lot of women, moms, listen to my podcasts. Listen, ladies, you can share this with, this with your husbands. If they think that this issue is being overblown, that CSE and gender identity teaching is just a fad and is going to go away. They're wrong. This is very serious. And your children, if they are in a public school, are at risk. Gender sexuality alliance clubs have been established to introduce minor students to the gender transitioning option. And look at the age when they can make this decision on their own. In California, it's 12. In Oregon, it's 15. These are minors making lifelong decisions. And by the way, if you try to interfere as a parent, you will be considered as impeding their ability to self-identify. You will be seen as a danger to your child. And it's highly possible that your child can be removed from your home by Child Protective Services. I know this for a fact. It's going on in Oregon. I know you're aware of Portland, Oregon. It is the heart of the beast. We rarely hear from parents in the city of Portland, in Multnomah County School District, because... They are afraid that if they go against their child's uh, declaration, that perhaps uh, they want to be a lesbian or gay or, or transgender, the school district will make note of it, and they may lose their children. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. 
you know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state. Uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events. And we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much.